tonight on the show, we never pay for parking, we don't buy our own drinks, and we never wait in line. That's right, it's Modern Girls. My guest is Violet Sky. This is Manic Movie Monday. <laughs> For the touch of your lips, dear But much more for the touch of your whips, dear You can raise welts like nobody else As we dance to the masochism tango All right, tonight my guest is amazing You have heard of people who are living their authentic life you know, and we hear it all the time, but this woman is literally living her authentic life, her truth. And her truth just happens to have a 1988, uh, aesthetic and I'm loving it. I'm here for it. And please welcome the amazing, the wonderful, the incomparably talented Miss Violet Sky. You're too kind. Hello. <laughs> it's so <laughs> awesome to be on this uh, podcast just because there's so many podcasts that just talk about the mainstream movies. And I've always been a person that's like, no, there's so many other movies out there that don't get talked about. So that's why I'm so excited to be here tonight because this movie we'll be talking about is definitely one of my favorites. Super excited. I love your, your bedroom. It kind of sucks that we are not a visual podcast. Like this obviously is not going to work, right. but, <laughs> but you're, but your background, like the fact that you have the valet girls poster and, and no I, small affair, no small affair. And I know you have a, a Samantha Fox poster at some. I do. Yes. That one's that way. Yeah. Over there. <laughs> <laughs> I have a cheerleader camp poster over there. Oh, very nice. <laughs> so that's, that's super cool though. That's just so awesome. Um, so wow. So much to cover. Um, before we even get into the movie, tell me a little bit about you, how you got started with this. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know, hey, it is not a phase. I love it. And um, yeah, go ahead. Okay. So I thought it was a phase. You know, I'm 21 now, um, but I got into this when I was 15 uh, because I watched the movie Girls Just Want to Have Fun from 1985. And I saw the the, the movie, I, I listened to the soundtrack, all the fashion, just the synthesizers and the songs, the dancing. And I was like, this is really cool. And I had no personal style at the time. And I was like, you know what? I want to do this. I'm really inspired. And then over the last six years, it's just been a complete journey of just discovering things from the 80s, perfecting my style, kind of just really getting into all the technology. And it just makes life a lot of fun. You know, like it's different, but it just definitely, it works for me. So, yeah. 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 I mean, there's a, there's an aesthetic about that time period that is just much more colorful and yes. fun and interesting and very joyful. I mean, it's really hard to be in a shit mood when you're playing like walking on sunshine. You That's know. actually a song I don't really like because no, it's too happy. That's funny. Oh my god, yes. I love it. I it's love like, it. You're like except that song. Yeah, except that one. <laughs> um, but no, I totally agree with you. Like, if if any '80s music is on, it is very upbeat and uplifting, and like no style was too crazy back then either. Nope. It That's was cool there was this there was this like range. You know, there was mm -hmm. this range of like 
new wave or hair metal or, you know, all of these different visual aesthetics. And, uh, and we're going to, we're going to touch on one of the many visual aesthetics with tonight's movie, which is 1986's modern girls. Yes. Yes. The plot of which, by the way, it was hard finding the plot online because there were a lot of plots and I was like, that's not that movie. Yeah. You know, so I came up with this during one wild night in 1986, Los Angeles, three 20 something women enlist a nerdy guy to drive them around from club to club while searching for a rock musician. Pretty accurate. Pretty much. Yeah. So, um, this movie, I, got into this later on in life. This wasn't one of those movies I saw when I was a kid, actually. Um, Mm -hmm. I saw this like probably in my teen years and my twenties, something like that. And, uh, I love movies that all take place in one night. Same. Like there's something really cool about that. And, and yeah, I mean, just the fact that it was like, it was, it was all of these like clubs in the eighties. I mean, I never got to experience any of that. You know, I didn't even get to experience clubs when I was in my fucking twenties or thirties because oh, they gosh. were all tame at that point. Right. No, I, I definitely feel that. So, um, and the cast of this movie is pretty wild actually. So yeah. like we've got, we've got Daphne Zuniga. Okay. As Margot, And she is, she was in Spaceballs. She was in, um, oh God, she was in the shirt thing. Yeah, she was. I love that one too. And she's fantastic. She's great. I like her a lot. So, um, Cynthia Gibb plays my favorite character, which is Cece. Uh, she's just like 18 different shades of adorable. And, uh, I love that Virginia Madsen plays the, Oh, I would say tragic heroine. Yeah. (laughs) Kelly. I feel so bad for her because I do too. Kelly, Kelly gets sexually, almost gets sexually assaulted twice in this movie. Yeah. Um, and they kind of, yeah, they kind of, they kind of gloss over it, but it's there, you know? Um, and, uh, Clayton Roner, who I love and have loved ever since April fool's day, um and just one of the guys oh have you ever seen the guys just one of the guys yeah yeah because he's just he's adorable he's like supposed to be a nerd but he's super yummy and um (laughs) and he plays cliff and then and bruno x and bruno and bruno x in a dual role yeah that's just so cool it's one of my favorite parts of the movie because i never really realized it before then i like looked hard enough and i was like wait a second is that the same guy and it was it's not just some guy it's bruno x i love it i love (laughs) it so much and then um rounding out we've got another 80s uh heartthrobby dude named steven shellen who plays rad the dickhead dj basically right (laughs) And he was also in Gimme an F, if you've ever seen I that love Gimme an F. Me too. It is one of my favorites. That soundtrack unreleased. Oh, tragic. If anyone knows where it is, please email us. Absolutely. Us if you if you know where the Gimme an F soundtrack is and you can let Miss Violet Sky know, I will, I've been I will searching pass that information. For years. Yeah. Lots yeah. of people, I'll, I'll bet, man. That's a that's a big one. I love that. That's a great movie. He's great. He was like. He was one of those people that should have been more famous than he was. I think so too. 
Because he was in that movie Casual Sex too yeah. with um Leah Thompson. I love and... that. Where he's like the where he's like the musician. Yeah. He's like, hey, I wrote you this song. <laughs> it was so <laughs> bad. Drumming on the on the table. Like it goes like this. And like I was thinking it could oh my God. Yeah. Because great movie. Now you're I will say this, you're very lucky in the sense that you were 21 because mm-hmm. you have not had the sort of like host of bad you know supporting your musician boyfriend while you work two jobs kind of situation that definitely will not be happening I'm supporting my own musician self which is you know exactly so yeah I casual sex was one of those movies that's really ahead of its time at the Mm -hmm. it really was an ahead of its time very well written very female-centric movie and so yeah we have to we'll throw that one on the on the docket since my excel spreadsheet grows greater every day so. right <laughs> um he was also it's funny it was like it's like welcome back to the Stephen shellen hour um right he he was also in a movie called the stepfather from the 1980s which is mm-hmm. a fantastic suspense thriller if you like scary but not horror but like very suspenseful movies mm-hmm. the stepfather fantastic don't bother with the remake 80s oh yeah Godfather. never yeah. bother with any remakes in no. my opinion no fuck your remakes yeah I know. <laughs> I right um so this movie takes place in los angeles and it takes yes. place in los angeles during a very specific time period uh a, a time period i've talked to you lots of recent uh, lots of recent guests about this where it's just like it's never going to be like that in la again no you know um it this movie has it is really a whole vibe mm-hmm. you know it is neon yes it is it, it is hair it yes. is bangle bracelets it is you know it is music and it is um the the city of los angeles truly is like one of the characters of this movie mm-hmm. you know um because there's all these different locations and i went on a i went on a deep dive to try to figure out if any of these locations are still there they are sad part is some of them right still exist and then some of them don't so like the pet shop where kelly works because kelly each one of these women um has a job i use the term loosely uh (laughs) at different (laughs) right they they each have different very low-paying jobs right and so it it stands to reason that like when they get off their job when they get out of their jobs that's like party time that's what they do you know right. so kelly works at a uh, a pet shop and the place was actually kirby's pet depot on venice boulevard mm-hmm. and it's permanently closed oh i know i looked at it because i was like man next time i go to los angeles there's a bunch of like 80s movies i want to go and you know take pictures of and see like if the locations are still there and right it's like no (laughs) that's what I'm doing in a couple months I'm going to LA um and on my list is the fountain where they beat the guy up that's I told my friend because she lives there I was like we have to visit this at night and get the whole experience the Mulholland Memorial Fountain which is still there yes Yes. absolutely um and then so check this out Club Voodoo which is the club where they end up going to um, 
because they hear the birds in the background. Yes. And so basically the plot of this movie with what we explained was that these girls are trying to find this rock star who somehow wandered into a club. Right. (laughs) And one of the girls, um, my heroine, Cece, has fallen in love with him as we do at that age. And she wants to just chase him around Los Angeles. All night. (laughs) All night long. And they have plenty of time to do that. So they end up at this club and it's called Club Voodoo. And it is on uh, 800 Traction Avenue. So get this. This is in the art districts, the art district of Los Angeles. But that particular building is so famous that it's been used for all of these different things. And someone actually wrote a book about the history of that building. Wow. I know. I did not know that. Mm -mm. But if you want to uh, live there, it's 5,000 a month. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Good to know. Right. Right. Any of these things. It's like, nope, you can't afford it. It's not going to happen. And um, obviously second street tunnel in Los Angeles uh the music video shoot for bruno x's um, bond of addiction yes yes is um is on melrose avenue Mm -hmm. which is still there and the bar where kelly almost gets raped the first time right um, sharky's bar is actually now been turned into a taco place so hmm. Hmm. there you go um so it's pretty cool like i this was just one of those movies that I stumbled upon and really loved. And I went and bought, uh, I think, I think I found this at a thrift store. Like, I think I found Mm -hmm. this vinyl at a thrift store and then, and then it was like, okay, I got to buy the, you know, I got to buy the DVD, which I bought, Mm -hmm. which wasn't that expensive, but do you know how much the fucking Blu-ray for this thing goes for? You said something about it being really expensive. It's $200. The, the tape is even like a lot of money. It's not $200, but it like goes upwards to 50. I ended up finding it for like 13 on like some random like. App. Oh, look at that. Yes. The yeah. VHS. The VHS. Beautiful. My Beautiful. friend got me the soundtrack at Amoeba Records in LA nice. and she sent it to me. And I was That's... like, oh, perfect. It came from exactly where the movie was filmed. Exactly. I love it. Exactly. It's so but, cool. It's yeah. So it's a great awesome. soundtrack. No, it is one of my favorite underrated yes a mix of a soundtrack like it's a really good soundtrack because it's such a it's such a mix of different genres yes you know when i love that i love that so much okay so now you what is your background with this film so i i feel like i went and i saw it for the first time when i was like 18 so this is in like 2019 and Mm -hmm. i think i'd found it on some streaming service and or I saw, I like, I read about it online and I couldn't find it on a streaming service. So I had to like, you know, stream it on one of those, you know, websites. One of those websites. Yes. Right. In quotes. Um, <laughs> and I remember watching it and I'd obviously been huge into the eighties at the time and I just turned 18. So I was finally kind of like an adult. So I was really coming into that part of my life where watching this movie would have been really relatable to me. Like I couldn't yet go out to clubs, but it was something I really wanted to do. And, you know, I couldn't really, like, go out in the city alone by myself just yet. But it was something, like, it was kind of looking toward my future of what I wanted my future kind of to look like in those years of my life. And 
um, when I watched it, I was like, this is just the best thing ever. Like the fashion, you know, the hair, their apartment was like, oh my gosh, I want to live with their apartment, you know? And I'd always wanted to go to LA and just showcasing that 80s LA, the nightclubs, the music, everything. And, you know, listening to the soundtrack, like you said, there were so many different artists. There was New Wave with Depeche Mode. There was TKA, who was more freestyle at the time, um, mm-hmm. one of their more mainstream hits. Um, but then it drove me absolutely crazy because I bought the soundtrack and I didn't realize that the Bruno X songs were never re- officially released. No, <laughs> it's not. Um, and I was so thankful that like somebody had dug these up and cared enough to archive them for everyone to listen to, because that's one of my biggest things is unreleased movie soundtrack songs and like how good these songs were and how I guess there at the time there wasn't a budget big enough to release them but you know with the technology that we have now of just streaming services we can make these soundtracks available for people to hear and it really won't cost as much money as like physically putting them out on like cd and stuff you know but if you have the resources too which is great which is fantastic. And that's, I think one of the other things that I really love about everything that you're doing personally is that, and we'll get to this, is that your music is actually was the, the actual tracks mm-hmm. are from the eighties yeah, and were gifted to you by one of the, one of the musicians from the eighties from shy talk. Yeah. And you just put your vocals to it. And the fact that we have that kind of technology where we're able to do that is so bananas. I and I so just, too, I yeah. just love that. In fact, I want to hear that story. Cause I love that. That story is so phenomenal. And Thank obviously you. I mean, it's such a great, it is such a great story. I would love to hear it. So sure. please explain how you became a musician. All right. So, I mean, I had always sung my entire life, you know, since I was a kid, just, you know, playing in a college band, doing covers for like a class or, you know, just doing my own covers on the side and, you know, things like that. But I never had had my own music to release. And I gotten into the eighties when I was 15. So by that point in my life, I kind of really knew what kind of music I wanted to sing And as, you know, I got older, I was like, there's no way for me to like truly replicate 80s music. And like, if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to release music, I want it to sound 100% authentic because that's just who I am. Like I try to live my life, you know, down to the detail when it comes to the fashion and the pop culture. And like, there's a lot of like 80s inspired music out there now, and which is also really cool too. But with my stuff, I wanted it to be less more like synthwave inspired and like, dead on where you Mm -hmm. couldn't tell when it was released or when it was made. So I had ended up, no, thank you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'd end up finding this band called shy talk at a record store and I bought their album and I had made some video online me dancing around to their song dreaming because this album was not on streaming at the time. Nobody remembered them really. Like they had one song, one single out and it didn't do great. And then the label dropped them and it was this whole you know, story that my producer, David can tell you. Um, But yeah, so he had found my video looking up his old band on the internet. And he was like, who is this young girl? And why does she know who we are? Like, and like, what the heck is this? Like, she's like singing or a song. And like, what is this? So he reached out to me and he's like, I see you're a big fan of my band. Like, can you explain why, like, or how you found us? And, you know, I have all these, like, I have an unreleased second album that we did 
and you know concert videos and like all these other recordings if you want to hear them and photos I can share with you and I was like that would be so awesome because like I loved them and I they're still my favorite band of course but I was like this is so exciting so we ended up you know getting to talking and he was like are you a singer like do you do music and I was like yeah I am and immediately he's like well we have to get you some originals like we have to do this and I was like what like I just talked to you like for five minutes like you already want to like work with me and stuff so I was like okay and he ended up digging through this bin that he had in his home studio of old like cassette and dat tapes and he had written and produced all these tracks back in the 80s for the singer Nancy Bender and um she was supposed to release them but for whatever reason at the time she didn't end up you know releasing them officially so they kind of just and she went in a different career like direction in her career like style wise so they ended up just sitting in a box for 30 years kind of forgotten about until David was like let me look through my old material and see if there's anything in there you'd like and he had sent me a big file with a heartbeat away and all the other songs and I opened it up and I said oh my god it's 80s dance pop Mm -hmm. authentic that was made then that was produced then and these tracks are just have never been used and so he's like all right come out to my home studio in Long Island and you know I'm close enough I'm from you know New York City area so I was like okay and we just started working on this project to start recording my voice onto all these songs and now I have four of them released so that's exciting and we're working on an album and there's even more to come after that so it's been a really cool experience to be able to kind of take something archive it but also kind of make it mine as well absolutely yeah Yeah. it's it's so cool because when I was like first listening to it like the, the first types of thoughts I had was cause I, I have such an affinity for like expose and sweet mm-hmm. sensation and, and Samantha Fox and mm-hmm. a lot of that, but then your vocals are very much like the motels quarter flash, you know, yeah. Pat Benatar. Cause you have that like sort of like sexy, deep alto mm-hmm. situation going on. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, um, but I just, I totally love it. And yeah, when I was listening to it, I was like, this is infectious as fuck. Like Thank you. <laughs> you will, I mean, cause you, you know, what's a girl to do gets stuck in your head. And so does work right. away. And all of those songs get like, just, you know, you're like, Oh my God. And you just boop, 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 keep playing right. them, keep playing them. It's just unfortunate that there's only four. <laughs> right. Oh, there's definitely more that we have not released hundred percent, but yeah, I mean, a lot of these songs are written not only by David Bravo, but also, um, Alex Forbes wrote, she co-wrote a heartbeat away and she did, um two turned on for alicia oh yeah and she had uh dream not do you dream about me um i think let your heart make up your mind as well um and then um who is it time out was co-written by donald markowitz who did i've had the time of my life dancing. so you know these are all people that like knew how to write songs and so like for me to be able to like sing something that was their artwork is like means a lot to me wow yeah Yeah. it's like you're it's like you're you're breathing life into into art that has kind of been dormant and right it's gonna be and there's a lot of people that really long for that style of music and that right you know like i love do you dream about me from uh, the mannequin soundtrack which i have right here yes of course (laughs) and I mean, it, it, that's one of those things like you hear those, those just female pop type or, or female freestyle or, or things like that. And you're just like, it takes you back to a certain time, 
you right. know, it may be roller skating with your friends when you were little or playing with your Barbies or, or mm-hmm. just, uh, just a better state of mind, really, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, uh, totally, totally dig on it. Um, all right. So why do we love this movie? It's just so fun. Like that's it. It's just so fun. It's got great music. And the storyline too is really lighthearted because each character really does have so many layers to them. Like in the beginning, like you see Kelly and you know, she's like apparently has all these different guys that she talks to and she kind of just strings them along and isn't being serious. So then you kind of get more into, you know, she starts when she takes whatever it was, the super E oh, the drugs or whatever. 1986 ecstasy. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, you know, when she starts talking about unfiltered her past with her dad and her mom, then you kind of really see why she is the way she is. And then yep. Margot and her, you know, perfectionism of having to find the perfect man that doesn't really exist, you know, with all right. of her super high standards. And then control you know, issues with Margot. Right. Yes. <laughs> and then, you know, she talks to, cliffy as you know cc likes to call him even though he hates it right um you know about you know her life and everything and she kind of slowly opens up and you kind of get to see her kind of her character evolve and then cc you know being super in love with bruno x and running around and just focusing only on him and then you kind of see her kind of really realize what's most important to her which are like her friends her friends yeah yeah, I really love that. I it's funny cuz the the Virginia Madsen character of Kelly it, if you look at it from like if you take it at face value, you know, mm-hmm. she's this like beautiful kind of Marilyn Monroe, you know, like she doesn't right. really have that much substance to her, but then when you really start listening to her dialogue and you really start listening to that character, she is painfully insecure. Yeah. Um, especially cause she follows, uh, she, she follows Brad around. Like he's a, like, like, like she's a puppy. Right. And then she know? apologized to him too, after he's like, oh, I don't want to take my headphones off or whatever. Uh, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And she's like, I'm sorry. And I'm, I watched it today. You know, I refreshed uh, her memory and I was like, you're sorry. No, you're no. not sorry. You know, uh, uh, he's so good. He's he plays such a good asshole in this movie. He does. Like, Stephen Shellen plays such a great asshole, especially with like Bruno X walks in and he goes, "He's not that cool." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, like, oh my god, cool. please! I don't think he's that cool. <laughs> Yet he still puts on his song at the club, so. right? Oh, of course, yeah. of course he does, and he's wearing like the one glove, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and the suspenders. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I'd probably fuck Stephen Shellen back in the day. <laughs> yeah. After give me an F, you bet your sweet ass oh, I would. <laughs> yeah, that that was a that was an in- interesting scene. Oh yeah, sure. Stephen Shellen basically like flashed in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, that song, a rendition of it, was done by Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. So if you did oh. want to listen to a released version, it is out there. That is interesting, and I but it's not Bobby Kimball's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I think didn't didn't think so. I I know there's a lot of. I'm sure that that movie probably had a lot of problems with trying to get the rights for different things. Yeah. And, because it you says know. it's available at the end of the credits on EMI record and cassette and there's no official release of it. So, well, that's how like, um, summer, summer job, which yeah. is, is, is like, 
you know, it's not the best movie in the world. Right. But, 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 but the elements, yeah. but there's elements. Exactly. That's why I love that you get that because yes, the elements of these movies is what keeps me coming back to them. It's what keeps yes. me buying them on VHS. It's what keeps me replaying them and being like, Oh, I remember that. Or I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually ordered the song at the end of summer, at the end of summer job, there's a song called, um, magic. Um, it's, uh, and it's by members of ELO, but okay. not ELO right, right. <laughs> called orchestra. And, um, and I swear some, some kind of magic is the name of the song. And I swear I play that every time. And I mean, I have to play it on a CD because it's not available. You can't right. get it on, you know, Spotify or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, and there's no officially released summer job soundtrack either, no. <laughs> which that's what I would love to get into doing. Like if I, you know, flop as a singer in the next five years and I don't become rich <laughs> and famous, um, you know, that's something I definitely want to try to do is like figure out what happened to these things and like do work archiving them and transferring the tapes and you know, learning how to do that because there's no reason why these things in this generation should be lost because we have the resources now. And the only thing that this can do is make the people who wrote it money. Like we, it will only do good for them because, you know, it's not like you can only put it out in physical media anymore. Like you take something like welcome to 18, which welcome to 18 is 100% from start to finish one long, one long series of music videos. Uh, I still have to say it. I've been dying to. And it's so good and girly and colorful. And I, the soundtrack. So let me just tell you how much I wanted the soundtrack when I was Mm -hmm. 24, 25, I found the soundtrack on vinyl for a hundred dollars on eBay. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy it. You know, I'm going to buy it. And then I'm going to buy a record player because I didn't have anything. And for years, I sent emails to every single singer in that yep. soundtrack. I was I've like, done hey, it too. do you, I was like, uh, so do you remember this movie that you did a song for? And some of them are really like re- receptive and they're like, oh, yeah. I, I can send you that song, mm-hmm. you know? So I would like have, you know, like one track here and one track there, you know? Right. And then one day some magic human being went out and digitize the entire CD, the whole soundtrack and put it on a CD and released it. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, I mean, I brought that for my sister because my sister growing up and I used to watch Welcome to 18 all the time. Mm-hmm. And, but I mean, it is, you can't find it on anything. I mean, as right. far as actual physical media, it's not streaming anywhere. Yeah, it is. It's, oh, well, it's, it's on, on Spotify well, now. Oh, I don't know if no, it's no, no, no. The, the, the soundtrack is absolutely. Yes which I love that the soundtrack's right. on Spotify, but no, the actual movie. Oh, the out. movie. Yeah. I have it on, you know, VHS I think it's on YouTube, but it's like two pixels yeah. and that's, what's been keeping me from watching it because I want to watch it. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna buy the VHS because I know it's something I'll love and watch more than once. Oh, you will. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> I, if you uh, like, it's like, if you like, you know, the all nighter and modern girls, right. I can tell you welcome to 18 is the, uh, is, is up here as far as movies right. are concerned. Cause it's like, you know, it's got a great 
female cast and mm-hmm. it's uh it's got a great storyline and then it's got great music and then it's got great fashion and it's like there's the whole nothing yeah. to nothing to not like about welcome to 18 and trust me it's on the list i just have to find somebody to talk about it right. all right well i'll get back to you and i'll watch it and i'll come back um i love that clayton roner is so likable as cliff mm-hmm. you know he never comes off as particularly like dicky you know and neither right. really does bruno i mean bruno to be honest is just you know a british rock star and yeah he's, he's pretty down to earth though you know yeah. he was like interacting with cc even though she wasn't famous you no, know even he though wants she to wasn't... take cc away from all of this <laughs> right and and take care of everything to take care of everything for you but i don't like, want oh, you to take care of everything that's yeah. right i want my shitty job working at the department store she doesn't even work there anymore she, she, got, she fired. got fired <laughs> so i was like oh right I was like, there's there's also a, a very famous cameo in this movie um there is a uh, pamela springsteen from from sleepaway camp to fame yes yes yeah so uh she's great i like i like the line where she's like i see god i see god doing his laundry and he doesn't he have enough, enough change, change. that's so good Definitely like rewatching it today. I picked up on a lot more things that I hadn't picked up on before because I was really mm-hmm. studying it. And I was like, this is really funny. Like, this is funnier than I like remember it being, you know, like a year ago. Uh, yes, I really, really love it. Now, there is definitely a reason behind why it looks the way it looks. The director of this movie was a music video director mm-hmm. before he was anything. So he did Moonwalker, Michael Jackson. He did wow. Leave Me Alone. And he did one of my favorite Survivor songs, which is Burning Heart. Oh, it's hard to find. I, I love all Survivor songs. But... Yeah, there, there's more than Eye of the Tiger. Yeah, I know. Mm, I know. Not you say Survivor. That that's exactly what people think. They're like, they're like, no. oh, Eye of the Tiger. And I'm like, dude. They're... I think High on You or Popular you. Girl. I oh love God. both of those. Or um, is this love? love is this love? Yeah. You know, you know, you know who you are. Um, mm-hmm. oh, oh God, moment of truth, like, dude, seriously, <laughs> right? <laughs> Welcome back to the Survivor Podcast. Okay, um, it was written by it was written by two women. So mm-hmm. this movie was written by Anita Rosenberg, who is also the writer and director of Assault of the Killer Bimbos. Oh my God, that right? movie is so ridiculous, so but ridiculous so fun and, and has awesome. a great soundtrack. And free on Tubi right now, guys, by the way. It is. Um, I have to rewatch it. Because, yeah, it's, it's really great. And then Lori Craig is the other writer of the movie, and she went on to uh, write the script for Ella Enchanted, oh, which okay. apparently is a very popular kids' movie that I don't know about. <laughs> I did grow up watching that one. I had that okay, one on DVD. Do I remember it? No. No. But, you know, I'm sure I enjoyed it. So Anita Rosenberg went on to build a global hand-printed furniture company. Hmm. And she actually wrote several books about it. She's a gold medal award-winning author. And she's a specialist in feng shui and Chinese astrology. So she's not not doing the not doing the screenwriter director thing anymore but definitely not she's she's found her uh she's she's found her happy in there um and the soundtrack to this is just bananas okay we're gonna we're gonna hold on let me just pick up my my this hobby here okay so 
First we've got, but not tonight, which yes. is such an amazing Depeche Mode song. Of course, if it you is. talk to Depeche Mode fans, they will tell you that Black Celebration is probably their least favorite album, <laughs> but I don't give a fuck because right. when I was growing up and I wanted to find, but not tonight, that was where I found it. So. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, Week in the Presence of Beauty by so good. Floyd Joy is such a beautiful, wonderful song. And it just, it captures that whole moment where Bruno X meets Cece and their eyes lock and they're just yes. like eh, into each other and, oh, man you know yeah such a great thing and then uh tony basil girls night out this great song song <laughs> i had never been to a club in my life before and a couple weeks ago i was like i'm gonna drive to new york city and i'm gonna go to this freestyle 80s night and i was like i need music to pump me up to get there because like i'm terrified of driving it's in manhattan like it's yeah scary scary so i was like i'm gonna put on this album and that was the first song i played i was like this is the song like you know get ready to going out and like it totally just captures totally the works, whole vibe man. Like, so I was like, I got to use this. Fantastic. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, I'm a huge Ice House fan. Me too. My, my friend, my friend, Sarah, who is from Australia, and we, mm-hmm. we had her on for the Grease 2 episode. Mm-hmm. We have discussions about Ice House because she, that's like, if you grew up in Australia, you know who Ice House is and Ice yeah. House to the rest of the world is like, who, you know, but right. I love No Promises. Me and, too. That's oh how I found God. out about them. And I love, and I love, hey, Electric Blue is still, yes, far none, one of my favorite 80s songs of all time. So it's really good. Um, let's see. Jesus and Mary Chain, some candy talking. That's kind mm-hmm. of, it's interesting that they included that because that's a, that's a goth or and I'm sure I'm going to get my ass kicked for even referring to <laughs> Jesus and Mary Chain as goth. I don't know. Alternative, right. whatever. Well, they did go to that one club. They went to the club where everyone's the- all doom and gloom. Yeah. I think it was called that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is great. And then we've got, um, there's an early Chris Isaac track called Dancing, which plays when they're, uh, when he's waiting for everybody to get dressed. Right. <laughs> that poor guy. You have the full soundtrack. I'm looking at the record. I'm like, oh, yep, okay. They don't have that on there. Okay. And then we've got the two Bruno X songs and yes, then, Safari. Oh, and then Ico Ico by the Bell Stars. Yes. Of course. And yeah, man, it's just it's uh it's one of those great soundtracks to to just just like put on and dance around to or clean the house yeah it's like super super awesome so um if you were going to pair this with something like say you were Mm -hmm. talking to like a friend and you were like well you know if you like this movie you might like this movie Mm -hmm. is there another movie in that same 80s vein with the same sort of fashion sense or whatever that you would recommend I feel like it would be the all-nighter just because it is another movie that takes place in one night (sighs) in the dark, pretty much at night. You know, there's a lot of parties happening. There's, you know, romantic love plot as well. Um, And it's uh, like really based around friendship. So I feel like the two of them, but they're so completely different, you know, in the way that they go about it. But, you know, they are very similar. So probably that movie, which is another amazing movie. Great movie. Yeah, we're that's on the that's definitely on the agenda for the the new year is is the all nighter because I really, really, really love it. And, you know, when that soundtrack came out, I was like, what the hell? Right. So who are your musical influences as a singer and as a creator? Personally, so my music. Okay. Um, 
definitely a lot of like pop artists. So, you know, we have more dance pop. There's Alicia, Taylor Dane, um, you know, a little Debbie Gibson, Tiffany in there. Ah, yes. Of course. Um, you know, so there's all them, Samantha Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, then there's my voice, which you were talking about, definitely Pat Benatar, uh, the motels, quarter flash. Um, so there's like a little bit of both, you know. Um, but yeah, those are kind of my musical influences. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. So if you were to pick, like, do you have a top five as far as your 80s movies that you just are your go-tos? Oh my gosh. Um I know. Okay. It's like I'm asking you to, to choose between your children. Let me, <laughs> let me put my glasses on and look across my VHS cabinet. Okay. Um <laughs> Definitely give me an F. I love up that there. we both I love that we both wear glasses. Yeah. I mean, like my vision's okay, but to see yeah. a little bit, you know, read them. I understand. Um, give me an F is definitely up there because of the soundtrack, because of how rare the whole movie is. It's just something about it. I just love. Um, no small affair is my ultimate all-time favorite movie. Great. I had emailed because once again, there was a song in the movie that wasn't on the soundtrack. Um, and it was called Double Barrels. And I emailed Rupert Holmes about it back when <gasps> I was like 18. Oh, my God. And he ended up sending it to me. So he's, I have he's a He's a cool dude. Yeah. yeah. He's, and he's, I, he sent me a whole paragraph of like stories about the movie and uh, like everything. That meant so much to me. That's so, so I, awesome. I want to email him again and be like, can we release this? That'd be cool. That's um, so cool. So yeah, oh, that man. one. Uh, Perfect with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes, Jamie Lee Volta. Curtis. Oh Once again, God. amazing soundtrack, not on streaming for whatever reason. Nope. Um, oh my gosh, what else do we have? I'm trying to look. Breaking All the Rules is another really underrated movie. That is, you know what? It's so funny you mentioned that because mm-hmm. most people have never heard of Breaking All the Rules. It's a Canadian movie, is which it? I guess, yeah, and maybe in the US it didn't do as well or maybe it wasn't like as marketed here but Uh there was a song in that movie called stop fooling around and it plays at the scene at the end of the movie where they're like trying to like chase after the guy with the diamond or whatever Mm -hmm. and there's like that whole dance scene where everyone's like around like watching these like the park dancers on the stage and once again it was another thing where I reached out and I emailed to Paul Zaza who did the soundtrack (gasps) and he's like um (sighs) The Yvonne Murray version of it was never released, but I actually worked with a singer named Carol McCartney and we recorded a version of it. So once again, I went to Discogs and I hunted down her album, which, you know, is pretty forgotten about because she's now really into jazz and her version of it is just as good, if not better and exactly pretty much the same track. So that song has been recovered you know that's fantastic i just i love your i love your dedication to finding these things i know it's great it's great because i i did that a lot where i would like send people messages and stuff especially Mm -hmm. especially with welcome to 18 like there were um so apparently michael penn Mm -hmm. who michael penn you know um used to be in this band called doll congress and doll congress does two songs off Mm -hmm. of the soundtrack for welcome to 18. Mm-hmm. So when I wrote to the doll Congress people, you know, mm-hmm. I got the girl half of them and she mm-hmm. was like, Oh yeah, I'm happy to send you this song. She's like, but I can't send you the other one because that's Michael Penn's song. Right. And I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. I see how that is. All right. Mm-hmm. You know. Yowza when the band breaks up. Okay. Right. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a lot of 
there is, there's just a lot of gems out there. And it's amazing that you're, you're, you're dedicating yourself to introducing a totally different generation Mm -hmm. to this music and, and this aesthetic. And I, I love it. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's just so I'm in awe of you. I just think you're amazing. And, and I mean, you'll, you know, fan for life, you know, thank you. (laughs) I appreciate it. Um, I do know that based on scrolling through your Instagram, Mm -hmm. you mentioned that you were going to have a Linnea Quigley marathon during your, during when you caught COVID. How did that go? Um, I only ended up watching, well, okay. I'm a big fan of the vice Academy movies (laughs) because they're just so ridiculous. I wish that soundtrack was available. Me too. Got a pistol in my pocket. Yeah. It's so good. I know. Um, but yeah, like great movies. Um, so she was so funny in them. And then I ended up watching Sorority Babes at the in Slime, the slime Ball, Ball Bolorama. Um, and then that was where I stopped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, like I just I've been getting into like a lot of B movies. Like I'm not a big horror fan, mm-hmm. but I've been getting into a lot of like B movies. So like Vice Academy. I got really into like Sybil Danning's stuff. Like she's awesome. And like, oh, she's just, amazing. like yeah. So like yeah. all these other just B movies like Assault of the Killer Bimbos, like that has I've Been Watching You by Nighttime, New Aristocrats in it, which is a great song, you know. So that became one of my favorite songs for a really long time, too. You need to check out if you haven't seen it and mm-hmm. you like Sybil Danning, mm-hmm. you need to check out Reform School Girls. I it's on my list. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Definitely on my list too. Because that soundtrack, I mm-hmm. I wrote a letter to CDs that CDs you want. And I said, mm-hmm. listen. I said, I have this on vinyl, mm-hmm. but I want it as a CD so that I can listen to it in my car. And the mm-hmm. guy was like, you'll be up in a week. And I was like, okay, perfect. You know? yeah. I was like, all right, great. You know, um, but I absolutely love um, anything that was on USA Up All Night. Yes. Rhonda Shear is Rhonda Shear. She is so awesome. I did a collaboration <laughs> with her. We follow each other on TikTok. Oh. Um, and I did a collaboration with her like, clothing brand recently oh, so I did like a whole bras. yeah it's just you give me like sports bras and like leggings and stuff I was like I'll model it yeah I'll do a whole like up all night skit that like influence so cool. yeah, she's really nice she's really cool that is the coolest like man yeah we don't ever <laughs> get the that's man wow yes that that's is why so I cool. love the internet because mm-hmm. you're able to connect with so many people that mean something to you. You yep. know, you're like idols, your music people, your people from movies, you know? So it's just really cool to have that access to be able to interact with people that like have influenced your life in some way. So even though, yeah. Yeah. So vice Academy was the very first Linnea movie I saw and mm-hmm. I was 13 14 and i saw it on right. usa up all night so i didn't right. see the i didn't see anything you know i wasn't supposed to mm-hmm. watch or whatever um so i wrote her a letter mm-hmm. and i was you know 13 years old so it basically was like dear linnea my name is aaron i live in florida i am 13 years old you know mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> right and but she was really awesome and she wrote me back and sent me an autograph and then we started corresponding over the years. Mm-hmm. And so like when my parents got a divorce, like she called me and she was like, oh, oh my God, I'm really sorry. And mm-hmm. she, um, 
when, uh, you know, like when I would go to conventions and stuff, we would meet up and I would see her and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So she was just a really amazing person. Like mm-hmm. she, you know, was, we were always writing back and forth. I have an entire scrapbook full of handwritten letters from Linnea. Wow. You know, that's awesome. Just, just a really cool, just a really cool woman. And yeah, I fucking love Vice Academy. I, yeah. I, I absolutely <laughs> love Vice Academy one and two. Thank you. Right. <laughs> I would love to meet Linnea at some point. I yeah. did get to meet Ginger Lynn Allen <gasps> uh, recently oh my God. at a VHS festival. No kidding. And so that was really cool. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, she was there and I was like, I told my friend, I'm like, well, we got to go. Like, we're not yeah. just not going to go to VHS Fest to buy no. tapes and meet Ginger. Like, we have to. So, um, yeah, so she signed my, I have, I have her like 12 inch, like, what is it? Her record of her song, Fantasy World, which she hates. She which told is, me, she's like, well, oh, I can't stand it. Can't. Well, she told me, she's like, I can't sing. And she didn't want to record a song, period. And she was like, I, you know, she gave her, whoever it was, her like managers and stuff, like, all these ridiculous terms that they'd have to agree to. And she's like, they're never going to agree to these terms. And then they're like, yeah, okay, now start recording. So she had to take voice lessons for six months. And I kept telling her, I was like, but you're not a bad singer. Like this is a highly produced song and it's like so fun. You know, it's really catchy. Like all my friends, I played in the car, then they like walk out of my car singing it like 10 minutes later. I had just emailed about evil tunes. There's that one song in it called Woman with an Attitude. And I Mm -hmm. emailed the guy who sings that. And I was like, do you have a copy of this? Because that's nowhere online either. Right. And he's like, oh, I'm looking for it. He hasn't got around to it yet. So hopefully at some point, because that's another unreleased song, you know. Yeah. I feel like those movies, the forgotten movies, are where you find the best music. So. I know. It's totally true. Like the, the soundtrack to Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball Bolorama. Mm-hmm. Trust me. I wrote to David Dakota when I was like, you know, 13 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Do you know, do you have this? And he's like, No. He goes, mm-hmm. I can send you the score. He goes, but I can't right. send you the soundtrack because the soundtrack doesn't exist. So I'm like, oh, there are movies that I there are B movies that I only like because of the soundtrack. Yes, me too. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Like I will, I will wade through it just so I can get Listen to that to it. Yep. That's how I was with Give Me an F for a really long time. Like when I first watched it, I wasn't really into it. I did like terrible edits of giving Give Me an F from like the YouTube version of it. And I like tried to splice them together on my phone. And they're terrible. But people were like, thank you for posting this. I was like, it sounds bad. I'm sorry. Like, right. can someone else just do a better rendition? And someone had um they ripped Looking by Naomi Delgado from Malibu Bikini Shop. And they have a really good edited version of it on YouTube. And it's like eighties movie soundtracks channel, which is great. And I want, okay. Just speaking of Malibu bikini shop, mm-hmm. I want girls of rock and roll. Yes. Which here we, this, this was really funny. Mm-hmm. So growing up, one of the movies that I saw in the theater when I was like a little tiny, tiny kid mm-hmm. was, um, Alvin and the chipmunks. I think it was chipmunk adventure. Okay. Well, okay. So, so girls of rock and roll is mm-hmm. in that fucking movie. No. <laughs> You know, all we got to do is take it and then pitch it down so they don't sound like chipmunks anymore. Then we can and figure I'm like, out who sang it. I'm like, what a great, this is a great song, right? Okay, so fast forward. Right, right. Many years, I'm watching USA Up All Night. I'm watching Malibu Bikini Shop. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Girls of Rock and Roll starts playing and I'm like, mm-hmm. what? Right. <laughs> it's like this song? I was like, wait, 
this is the chipmunk song. What happened? Right. I don't know what to do with my life right now. <laughs> right. And then also in that movie, there was um, a cover of Sheena Easton's. Yeah. You make me nervous. Yep. And I was like, this is a great version too. So it's just like, you yeah. know, Diana, you wonder, was it? Diana DeWitt did it. What happened to these studio musicians or what yeah. happened to these people? And yeah, dr- trust me, man. It was a lot of like back in 2005 it was mm-hmm. a lot of like googling the name and then googling the name in the song right. and then trying to figure out if they have an email and then trying to figure out if they yeah. have an instagram or it, back in the day it was a my my space page. yeah <laughs> right and now you like you wonder like how much more information there is out there and like there's really not much for give me enough like yeah there are forums from 2005 and i had emailed people and people were like either not getting back to me or just like I have no idea what you're talking about and I'm like I'm convinced that none of these soundtracks are actually lost they're just all sitting on reel-to-reel tapes in somebody's basement right right like they exist it's just like who's going to digitize it and who's going to dig it out of their archives or their closet you know yeah and it's so sad because then these tapes deteriorate and there's that whole thing um the company called vinegar syndrome that digitizes you know, forgotten movies to preserve them. And it's like, I wouldn't be surprised if this could happen with tapes too. So it needs to, it absolutely needs to, because there's these, this somebody, it can't just be you and I like, it right. can't just no. be you and me like going, man, I really wish I had the soundtrack to da, 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 da. like, no, it's, definitely not. There's gotta be other people out there who are like, wow, this song is really cool. Or I really like, I mean, so we are gonna, we're going to close out the show tonight with Violet's new hit. It is called Time Out. It's phenomenal. Thank you. <laughs> Get it, crank it, you know, put the put put the T-top down in your Camaro <laughs> and enjoy. Yes. Uh, but I am so completely honored to have had you on the show tonight. This was so much more fun Thank than you. I ever could have thought it would be. So. Yeah, it definitely was a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. Thank um, you it- so much. If you want to follow my stuff, it's at Glitter Wave 80s, too. There we go. Yes. Violet, where can we find you? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Glitter Wave 80s. And all streaming services with music at Violet Sky. S-K-Y. And that is exactly. Uh, Guys, it is S-K-Y. Because if you go S-K-Y-E, you're you're going to porn town. You need to. Oh. (laughs) Oh, no. Because apparently oh, no. oh, I googled Lord. your name and I was like, huh? <laughs> That's definitely not me, no. <laughs> and then I went, oh wait, I gotta leave the E. Okay, Sky, S-K-Y. Well, I guess I learned something new today. Um, <laughs> public public service people. Okay. That, uh, you know, if you want the 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 right Violet Sky, the one that's an amazing singer and is gonna be an archivist for us, uh, it's it's absolutely SKY. So but um, yes, thank you so much for doing this. I completely appreciate it.
show.